Hello, welcome to The Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number seven, uh, which on the clock is six minutes to 6.59. During this minute, Mark Zuckerberg sulks and walks around uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts and the Harvard campus until he eventually... Uh, gets slightly closer to home. I think we do. We see Kirkland in the distance on mm. this one. Um, nice. I think just before before he finally arrives home in the next minute, uh, we get a lot of credits. Starting with uh, Andrew Garfield going off the screen, and then Justin Timberlake is third build, um, <laughs> which I think I don't know. I, I always find that interesting. I mean, now it doesn't seem so crazy, but in 2010, he'd only really kind of done a handful of films. Uh, and we go all the way up until production designer Donald Graham Burt. Um, and uh, in the script, uh, I will tell you what uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote for this period of time. He said um, in the previous minute, Mark has, uh, you know, eggs. Well, I mean, he put it as busts out of the bar and into the population of Harvard Square. Um, so here he, he characterizes it as as Mark continues on, he passes a group of people heading in the opposite direction for a party. Obviously, that doesn't happen. Uh, as Mark's steady and determined stride continues, he'll pass all kinds of seemingly happy, well-adjusted, socially <laughs> adept people. He's laying it on thick. The, pulsate, the pulsing intro of a song crashes into what will take us through the following sequence. Um, and that's where he suggests that the, um, the the kind of title card comes in. But obviously, we've already had the title card. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, uh, David Fincher went in a different direction. Uh, and joining me to talk about today is Eric Nash. Hey. Hello, Eric. Hey, Darren. I'm not going to go through all the individual credits because I feel like um, towards the end of the film, I've got a bunch of credit minutes where I can kind of do that. So, <laughs> so, you know, and I think we kind of discussed, you know, the kind of cinematography and whatever of this sequence and how it was kind of stolen shots uh, in the last minute. Um, you know, I, there's still some kind of interesting shots in here. Um, you know, uh, I, is this I, is it this minute where there's someone playing like a violin I in think the that's open next air? Minute, yeah. That's yeah. the next minute. No, well, so there you go. So we don't even have that to talk about. There's just a lot of shots of buildings, basically, um, from around Cambridge, and there's a couple of like closer shots of um, you know Jesse Eisenberg wearing the trademark hoodie, uh, just kind of walking around. Um, you know, as all of the cast kind of get their credits. Uh, and you know we we finish with with the start of the the crew credits, um, you know uh, I I think this is the minute where the credit is given to uh, Trent Reznor yeah, and Atticus Ross uh-huh. yeah yeah um, so let's talk about you know the the soundtrack basically um, obviously Hand Covers Bruise is still playing and will continue to play into the next minute. Um, and uh, it's, I think it's interesting because it, it's just the it's kind of like I don't know foreboding violins I want to say, <laughs> um, and then that kind of like bassy sound that kind of comes in uh, that feels like a kind of low keyboard, um, and that's just kind of that's all it is you know like it's not like very complex or anything there's not like a beat or anything obviously Aaron Sorkin envisaged this as like I don't know Michael Bay style crashing titles or something coming on. Um, and instead, David Fincher kind of. This is the first time as well that he's working with um, Trent Reznor. Obviously, uh, they also did the soundtrack. I, th- I mean, I think Trent Reznor did it by himself for Girl mm. with a Dragon Tattoo. Um, and I don't know. I think I, I just think this is interesting because uh, you know David Fincher over his career. I don't think he's really had like a go-to composer. Um, you know, I think Panic Room had a different composer to the game and Seven. Um, you know, Seven obviously had the stuff with. Um, 
David Bowie, you know, is the is the like, kind of opening credits. Um, it just feels like David Fincher, like unlike say, you know, the working relationship between uh, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. Um, I don't, I don't feel to. It doesn't feel to me like there's a go-to kind of like, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, composer until we get Trent Reznor, and then obviously he did the the stuff for the kind of the next few films, um, you know, particularly Girl with Dragon Tattoo and and obviously uh, Gone Girl as well. So I, I think it's interesting that David Fincher this late in his career kind of found someone who could um, kind of do the musical equivalent of what he does visually, mm. if that makes sense to you. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it just feels to me. I mean, obviously, I, I bought the soundtrack on CD, so so I was a fan of it, and uh, I do distinctly remember, like, whenever I listen to Hand Covers Bruise, if I'm walking around, <laughs> I kind of almost inhabit the spirit of Jesse Eisenberg sulking in in you know in social network. Like, it kind of, I, I don't know. I I find it very interesting to listen to this soundtrack because, like, um, particularly you know when we get to the the next kind of track, which is kind of more upbeat and stuff. Like if I'm walking around and emotion comes on, I'm suddenly like, oh, and, you know, I pick up my pace and uh, I don't know. I I find I find it interesting that Trent Reznor to me feels like he he kind of has a connection to David Fincher that some of the other kind of composers that David Fincher worked with probably didn't seem to have. Um, and some of the kind of behind the scenes stuff with with them kind of discussing stuff is kind of interesting because it just feels to me like when Trent Reznor sees that you know what David Fincher's doing. He kind of has this kind of instinct of like, oh yeah, this is this this is this is how it should sound, and I don't know. It just really works in this film for me. Like it's it's just such a in the last kind of decade, this is probably one of those times where you know I instantly was like, I need that soundtrack, and that probably hadn't mm. happened in I don't know a few years before this since the last time I kind of heard some music in a film and thought that's you know that's really kind of interesting. And, and it really is. It, it's actually you know I mean. Sometimes some people can certainly use the words soundtrack and score synonymously, but you know this is so much more a score, just not in the traditional orchestra sense. Um, it's it's not you know it's not you know a soundtrack where you know a bunch of contemporary music has been <laughs> um, used to uh, to uh, you know you know just just really pull in people um, that way. Even though there are certainly um, some some uh, some contemporary and and older songs too um of the punk ethos and so forth um definitely later on yeah but um but they weren't they weren't part of the released album that's for sure um but yeah i mean i mean i i i'd liked loved almost uh nine inch nails for quite a few years before this and 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 hearing that he was going to you know do the music for this movie. I mean, that, that really perked my ears up back in the day. And, and I certainly owned that album too. And I've owned, owned, gotten all, all of, all of them since, you know, that he's been doing with Atticus Ross. And, and like you said, possibly the one without, I think. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's, it's so, it's so subdued for him, especially, even though there certainly is this more ominous tone, that happens, you know, the, 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 that bassy line. And I love how that happens right at the point where it's, it's, it's right about the other sound thing. It's right before, um, his credit, his Anaticus credit is sound designed by, um, uh, Ren Kleiss. Um, is right around there is when this, this bass note comes in and, and repeats, you know, not, not quickly or anything like you might expect with, you know, the industrial music of just, you know, 10 year, 10, 15 years earlier of, of Trent's, as Nine Inch Nails, um, 
but 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 there's that subdued um underscoring underlying um really glitchy noise that, that he throws in there that that is just wonderful with with this piano on top of this very light you know um you know three or four notes I'm almost his, his hand covers bruise one of the songs I think it is reprised later on mm. doesn't it when yeah when he's kind of like sitting alone and it's like that uh, the ding, 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 like that that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of thing gets kind of restated um but like I don't know it's a, it's a different production of the of sure. that same kind of motif um but yeah I don't know it's just such a, it's such a kind of not not yeah but like it, it's just perfect kind of like um it's just perfect score for walking home miserably, you know. Like <laughs> it's it seems to re- like it kind of gets it, it. It immediately puts you in the headspace of someone who's just been dumped and is has already had a bit to drink and is basically just trying to get home uh, to kind of just you know get even drunker basically. And that that's like it, it just feels like perfect music to do that too. Um, and I kind of like as well how there's a couple of shots where. Uh, in this minute and in the next minute where um, he begins to kind of just run a little bit and it's only it's not like you know he's running all the way home but there's just a couple of times where he just kind of picks the pace up just a tiny bit as if to kind of be like I want to get away from all these Uh other people and away from the outside world and just get home and just not kind of be part of this anymore and so my question Um, is is is, are you aware of Zuckerberg actually doing that you know is there any anything documented anywhere that you're aware of I, d- I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, once we get to talk about Zuck on it, he certainly got dumped on this day. Mm-hmm. Like th- that is a thing that happened, and you know the person who dumped him, their name is known. Um, so you know whether or not he kind of, I, I don't know, walked home miserably. I, d- I don't know. I like I I think it'd be kind of interesting if at some point in his life Mark Zuckerberg bought the soundtrack for this film and just kind of put it on. Um, like I would love to be there as he does that. Obviously now he's like happily married with a kid, so he's clearly not like this teenager or whatever. But I don't know. It would have been funny if if like uh, when this film came out, someone would have given him the soundtrack as a gift and he'd have just walked around the office miserably. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I can't. I just kind of love this in this like the entire of this this you know this score is so perfect. And like you say, there are a few contemporary songs. Obviously, we started off with the White Stripes. Um, you know, later on we get you know uh, California Uber Alice. Uh, there's also California, um, California Love. I think is it the place? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Like oh, what is the California knows how to party? I can't remember the, what the actual yeah, song the is. Tupac. I'll get Tupac into that song, moment. right? Yeah, yeah. Once I once I get to that minute, I'll kind of discuss that more that. in depth. Um, and then of course uh, it finishes with like the ultimate kind of like show off of finishing with the Beatles song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which knowing the cost of licensing, yes. or that's like that's the absolute most kind of like Mark Zuckerberg's a billionaire. Well, here's a song that probably cost a quarter of the budget just to have it, you know. So that's like that's I like that as a move at the end of the film. But you know, I'll talk about that a lot more once I I get into the credits at the other well, end. We we have we have that in common with with my next movie, Almost Famous, with how Cameron Crowe was able to get the the four. Uh, Led Zeppelin songs. Well, yeah, that's Crazy. it. Like, yeah, that's another band that's kind of notorious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I just, I kind of really enjoy the, you know, these opening minutes. There's not a huge amount to say, but it's just a nice kind of. It sets the atmosphere perfectly. We've just had this very kind of kinetic uh-huh. scene with the kind of like ping pong of the dialogue backwards and forwards. You know, that wonderful kind of like kill shot of you're an asshole, and then we get this kind of quiet, kind of couple of minutes. 
Um, and, you know, there are many different ways that, f you know, filmmakers tackle, you know, opening credits. Uh, obviously, you know, in the script, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Aaron Sorkin had an idea of how this would be tackled. And David Fincher clearly just went for a, a much quieter kind mm -hmm. of thing. I mean, most famously, of course, um, uh, he he had to pay for the opening credits of Fight Club because they were out of budget. And so he like the kind of uh, the the kind of the going through the synapses at the yeah. start of Fight Club uh, was paid for out of pocket in the hopes that the film made some money and then it could be paid back uh, because they just completely run out of budget. Wow. Um, so yeah, I I I I I don't think you know maybe that's what Aaron Sorkin was thinking the opening credits for this would be yeah, right, going yeah. through the internet yeah you know, and that stuff. But I I think this kind of really quiet kind of walk I just I kind of like it because it you know something's going to happen like it's it's quite before the storm it's literally like in the next couple of minutes like he's still going to be walking home but once he gets home we know something's going to happen um and you know this is kind of like this is it the birth of facebook uh you know comes after this very quiet walk i i just i think it really sets the mood kind of just this this next this this minute and the next minute of just like something's going to happen and <laughs> and once it does it's kind of going to, you know, things are going to change. And, uh, you know, we're kind of just having the quiet before the storm. Um, so I'm going to ask one of the daily mm -hmm. questions, which is, uh, when did you join Facebook? Uh, well, it took me a little bit of scrolling, but and uh, clicking around on Facebook itself. But um, March 8th, 2007. Oh, my yeah. God. 2007 yes. as well. I mean, <laughs> so I don't know. Well, considering that Facebook was only created yeah. in like 2000 and was it 2004? Mm -hmm. Uh, that is very early to be on in the first three years. Um, I think I was still on MySpace. Oh yeah, I, I definitely was um, on MySpace <laughs> still. Oh yeah, for, for Every, everyone was quite, quite years know. after, but um, and Friendster too, yeah. and you know all the others. <laughs> all of the social networks. Uh, okay, well, I feel like we said about as much as we can about this minute, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Eric? Um, the only other thing I might uh, throw in at this point, I'll just uh, let it out there. I'm not totally sure when this is airing, um, but um, uh, there is a podcast, a third podcast of mine that uh, I'm actually doing with a couple other guys uh, through the uh, various Facebook groups. Um, uh, Zach and Martin are their names. Um uh, it's going to be you know, if you if you're familiar with uh, alphabetical and actually your own um, uh, Prince uh, podcast, we're going to be doing handling a uh, Weezer with a uh, with a podcast called Feels Like Weezer. So look for that coming up soon, hopefully. And we'll be going um, you know chronologically as much you are track by track. I feel like that's the same way to tackle yeah. things, um, <laughs> rearranging things alphabetically. Uh, <laughs> just kind of leads to headaches i feel but yeah you can find us on myspace at myspace.com slash the social minute uh on twitter at social underscore minute and on facebook at the social minute podcast thanks once more for being my guest here today eric thank you and we will see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs>